G'day all, and thanks for listening to the Football Podcast. You're here with Ash and Garns, and we're here to talk all things AFL and NBA, plus more. G'day all, and thanks for listening to the Football Podcast. You're here with Ash and Garns, and we're here to talk all things AFL and NBA, plus more. Ash, what a, what a weekend of sport just happened again. Um, I've been a bit lazy this weekend because it was Super Bowl weekend and I was very, very much into the Super Bowl this year. And I'm just going to quickly start off and go, Aaron Donald got robbed of the Super Bowl MVP. That's all I'm going to say. That's yep. all I'm going to say. He got robbed. It was a defensive game. He stood up in big moments. Cincinnati schemed against him and he should have won. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It, it Cup played great, but not as good as Donald. But, well, I don't know where you want to start. I'll start at NBL if you want, and we yep. can talk about my golf scores and how I'm just hitting the drink every single time. <laughs> yeah, I do enjoy listening to that, so that's nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's, uh, let's check in on our golf scores, and then and then we'll have a bit of a chat about it as well. Um, yep. You want to kick us off? Well, I'm not even going to go through it. I, I, I'm not going to go through the five games that we uh, did. I missed out on zero four times this week, and I still got a total of 94. So, I mean, Ooh. I got a 608. Jeepers, yeah. Well, yeah, surely you're yeah. over 600. I think you're on 600 plus. Yeah, 608. 608, oh, yeah. Golly. Um, I was on well, 516. Well, that's unfortunate for you because I got a big zero this week. Um, again, with Illawarra winning by six. Uh, it was very nice for me over Cairns. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, obviously with a couple of um, did not plays uh, later in the week with Sobe and Magne. Um, and you still oh, got a big... did you give yourself zero? Oh, did or you? Or did you just give them the total? Yeah, usually we do zero yeah, so I... did not plays. No, we don't. I, yeah. I add the total. <laughs> no, we usually do zeros. Well, then you can minus 38 points off my score then. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I got I got 33 for the week, um, and my total is 33. I hate you. It's nice. It's, it's nice being in the lead. Well, I did have a bad start to the season, so... <laughs> it's not fair. I was due. I shouldn't have not put that, that rule in. <laughs> That's true. I don't even know what I've got now, like 600 and... <laughs> 76 I mean 576 Yeah something like that Yeah That's alright You can count it up In your spare time That's all good nah, we, we, know all good. we know you're well above What I am Yeah well <laughs> You wait I'll get a zero Right at the end yeah, In the last no week doubt. of the NBL no I'll doubt. get a zero the last and I'll, game I'll come home <laughs> In yep. the last game um, yep. Yeah so uh, we'll, we'll jump into our We'll jump into our golf choices in a second, but I just want to have a bit, bit of a chat yep. about the NBL as well, and sort of, um, I, I, I love bringing this up because it's been my favourite part about the NBL this season. But man, Brisbane, Brisbane just keep on finding new ways to lose. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh my god, it was. I mean, credit to Sydney, it was a good finish and. Um, uh, what's his name? Good Jaylen, strong comeback. Jalen Adams was a, Adams. a great finish at the rim to get him um, even and give him a chance to to win the game. But um, Brisbane, I have 
no idea how they still they just managed to find new ways to lose games that they should be winning so um, and that was without without Sobi I think it was um, yeah but, no Sobi Sobi yeah. didn't play that that killed me and yeah no idea no idea how they managed to lose these games <laughs> I really really don't um, but yeah did, did you happen to see it at all or nah nah I I, I had my Gaelic footy competition yeah so, by the way, just shout out to my Foxes boys. We we went undefeated and smashed all teams. But um, no, I I was very busy with with my son's sport and then with um, my coaching commitments as well. But I did watch the minis and yep, that's all. Kings, wow. It, to be fair, they Kings are one of the worst teams in the NBL, and Brisbane. It's whoever Brisbane plays. If they play someone good, they play good. If they play someone bad, they play bad. Like, yeah. so, Sydney, like, though, Sobe Sydney, is a big out. Sydney so, are a big, a big um, in-between team, though, as well. They're not, they're not really bad, but they, can, they have some really good players and they can play really well, but then if they don't play well, then they're, they're a terrible team. Like, it's, there's no in-between for them. There's no... There's no... Yeah. There's just a massive gap between... They're either they're, really they're good, good or really bad. Yeah, they're good games or they're really bad games. Um, and then the other one yeah. I sort of wanted to bring up was the Melbourne versus Perth game uh, matchup again was probably a bit of a letdown. There was it was very very inconsistent from both teams. Um, like Daly turned up. Uh, I mean, not really, but the <laughs> uh, he did he did, but like Melbourne and Perth. When it mattered, it, it was it was ridiculous. Like so, this is <laughs> this is the quarter quarter by quarter. Um, differences for each team, right? So you got first quarter, Perth comes out, dominates, 13 points up at quarter time, right? Second quarter, yep. Melbourne comes out and outscores Perth by 18 points in the second. So now they're up by five. It's a complete 18-point turnaround or whatever it is. Yeah, 18-point turnaround. Yeah. Right? Second, the third quarter, start of the second half, Boom, Melbourne come out. Another 13 more points than Perth. And then and then to finish it off, then Perth comes out on a comeback and finish 12 points more than Melbourne and just dominates that quarter. So, like, they come back and only lost by six in the end and, like, they would, yeah. It, I don't understand how you can like, be so up and down just in the one game. Like, yeah, it was, it it looked, was it, ridiculous. It, it was... It was a very much um, a chess match with the coaches, though. Like, I did actually watch this game. And situationally, at times, um, Melbourne were in control of the momentum. And then Victor Law had an N1 that shifted the momentum straight away. And Bryce Cotton started getting on. And then Blanchfield actually hit a layup this week. Like, <laughs> like it, it, um, it was more situational... And coaches riding the momentum. I actually feel like the coaches coached that game with the runs, and they couldn't when they did couldn't stop the runs. Um, it was evident, and when they had the run, they coached really well with the run. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, all, all down downhill skiing, basically. Yeah, it was downhill <laughs> skiing, and it, but both teams both teams are heavyweight teams. Like their punches when they throw a big punch, throw a big haymaker. It stuns any team, even the good teams. So it was just a battle of heavyweights, and it was. I thought it was actually quite entertaining in looking at it in a coach's perspective and going, "Holy moly, these two are on another 
another planet with how they play. They're, they're the two best teams in my eyes in the NBL. Yep. There's like, yeah, they're going to drop a few games here and there, but they're going to be at the end of the series when it's all said and done. Like, yep. I can't see anyone beating them in this series. Yeah. Unless it's yeah. one or the other. I think I'm getting to that point as well. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I think they're definitely the two best teams. There is a couple of teams that might, like, can get over them. And like, say, Illawarra, who's played pretty good this season, Southeast can, can come and beat them. But, for for a whole series, I, I'm not entirely sure if they can they can beat them in the whole series. Um, but yeah, so it's it's pretty hard. There wasn't there wasn't too much else going on for the for the week either with the NBL. So um, we'll finish it off with our golf scores, uh, golf um, choices, Peaks. and yep. yeah, and see see how we're how we're looking for next week, and hopefully maybe you could uh, get up, get on my level. Get on your level. <laughs> oh, yeah, turn it up, why don't you? Yep. No, so we got Hawks versus Cairns, and it's the battle of the bigs, I'm going to call it, because I chose all the big um, the big centres and forwards this week. Um, I just think that uh, you got to give some love to the big boys that are just big dopey ones like you, Ash. So <laughs> Hawks versus Cairns, I've actually got Hawks by three, and Zimmerman is our player, and I've got him for six points. Yeah, see, I've actually gone a little bit the other way. I've got Cairns by two Yep. Um, for... Uh, and then I've got Zimmerman for seven points, actually. Again. So, so go, if you get a zero close. again this week, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to cry. <laughs> pretty close. Yeah. I was actually quite, very close last week to, to a few zeros, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I only got the one, but yeah, I've got, I got pretty close. I think um, I missed a couple by one, um, and then I yeah missed, um, missed another one by two or three as well. So, um, yeah. It was a pretty good week for me, actually. Unlucky. Very lucky. <laughs> yeah. Southeast versus Brisbane. I went southeast by a point. And Kyle Admin is our man. He's not a big, he's a guard. But I've gone with him for nine points. Oh, I thought you were going to go the exact same as me. I had the exact same thing. I got southeast by one point. But what? I got Adnam to go 11 points. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. I swear to God, if that's the zero that we both get, I'll cry. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. That's yeah. Like, I'm actually got a feeling that Brisbane's going to win, but yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, that's why I've gone very, very short on Southeast. But I think, yeah, I do think they still should get just over the line. But who bloody knows with Brisbane? I just yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can read them. Uh, Kings versus Perth. I got Perth by three points. Um, and who's our player? Uh, we went with um, Norton. Big center, good defensive player, very, very underrated on the defensive scheme of things. Offensively, not that talented, but I'm going to have eight points for him. And I went with Perth by two points. Yeah, I got Perth by three, keeping it close yep. as well. And then I've got Norton by to only have two points for the game. Yeah, he did have a big zero last week, so I think <laughs> yeah. he'll be all right. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe if you, I don't see any bigs able to match up with Perth's bigs from Sydney. Um, 36ers versus Cairns. Johnson is our man. 36ers, I picked by two, and Johnson with seven points. Yep, I got 36ers for th- by three points. Uh, and then I've got um, Johnson to have nine points. Yep. So we're still, yeah, we're both in the same range again. Um, yep. Which seems to be a common thing now. Um, but obviously, I'm the only one getting zeros. So we can hopefully keep it that way. You know what? I <laughs> hope I get a zero on the last day. And just oh, it'll, de- it'll, definitely, it'll definitely happen. 
That's just why. pick the victory. That's right. That's why I'm enjoying it while it, while it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, United, United versus, versus New Zealand. Zealand. Uh, I've got United by 15 points. Oh. And Caleb Agata is our player, and I've got yep. him for 12 points. I went with United by seven and Agata for 17 points. Oh. Yeah, he can't. He is a streaky st- scorer. He did that mm-hmm. in the Olympics for Nigeria. Got on a bit of a run against that USA team. I think he dropped thirty three or something like that. So mm-hmm. he's definitely capable of big game, and I'm I'm hoping it's this one so I can get my zero. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good pick if he gets up there. So yeah. Um, and then last game for us for the weekend um, is Hawks versus Tassie. Um, See how Tassie bounced back after their first loss after their big win streak. So, uh, but I've got the Hawks by six points. Um, and who's our player? McVeigh. McVeigh. Um, and I've got him for seventeen points. Oh. Yep. <laughs> I went with wait for it. Hawks by five points against oh. Tassie. Yep. And McVeigh for three. Oh. That's a big so, difference. Yes, that's what made me laugh. I was Ooh. like, oh, this will be the one he gets. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. That'll Look, all I'm saying, all, uh, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. I'm at 670. But um, look, in all honesty, the NBA is flying at the moment and Melbourne United and Perth are my two teams that I think are going to win it all. And I think maybe Illawarra and South East for third and fourth. That's yeah. where I'm going. The only thing with to. the NBL... And, I would like to see is some more consistency, like team teams like Brisbane and and Sydney and um, Cairns and and all those sort of teams. Like they're not really challenging challenge as much as they challenge them some games, but they're not challenging them for position on the ladder or anything like that because they're just too inconsistent. Like they they'll go really close to a Melbourne or a Perth or something like that, but then they'll. Then they just drop right off against the other teams where they should be beating, and like Tassie, for well, example. Well, do you think it's like? Do you think just, they could drop down to the, near the bottom of the ladder again? But they, yeah. but they're, they're sitting like fifth right now. Yeah, but do you think that's a case of um, matching up with teams similar to your skill level, and then matching it to the teams that you shouldn't be matching it to? So, do you think there's more teams that are at around about level? And then you've got um, Perth and Melbourne, and I would even throw Illawarra up there as the top teams to beat. Like, do you think that has something to do with it? Let's just say New Zealand has a three-game road road trip against those three big teams and matches it against them, but then go up against Tassie, who are um, skill-wise roughly the same, and then they lose to Tassie. It's not really a shock that they lost that because they they weren't meant to get close to the three big teams in yeah. the first place. I know what you mean, but yeah, yes and no, because if you can match it with the with the good teams, then you should be able to you should be able to putting the lower teams away. Um, and that's where that's where you can different 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 differentiate. Yeah, differentiate um, away from the, the lower teams and that consistency at least if you at least if you can bridge the gap between your good games and your bad games, then like which is what Melbourne and Perth and Illawarra have been doing, they even if they have a off game, they're still in the game. So you only have to turn it on for five ten minutes and you're back in the game. 
Yep. Whereas the these other teams like Brisbane and that they've they've been down by twenty twenty five points some games, and then having to try and peg it back. They did it once against Sydney, but but other games they just you just can't bring that back. Like you you need it you need to stay in the game and and when you get on the roll where the momentum shifts to you, which it does happen in every game, but you've got to you've got to be still close enough before that happens, and yep. that's just what some of the teams aren't doing right now and. And it's a bit disappointing for the NBL because it's there's been a few blowouts or there's been um, a few just disappointing games where we think they could be better or um, just big upsets where they shouldn't happen. Yeah. No, no. I, I'm in a bit of agreement with you. I think if you if it's going to have two strong teams or a strong tier teams, there has to be a way for those bottom tier teams to get up. On top of the ladder. Anyway, let's move on. Let's go to the AFLW. Last week with my tips, I got um, one, two, three, four, five, six out of seven. But there were one that I got wrong, the big upset. The Dogs versus the Crows, Ash. Did you watch the final two minutes or did you I actually, to... Unfortunately, I actually missed that game. Um, but I, I was watching. I was watching the scores as much as I could, and when I looked at it, I think in the second quarter, and Dogs were up by twenty something points. I was shocked. I, I couldn't believe what I what I had just seen. I, I think I actually clicked out of the app, refreshed it, and, and went back in just to see if something had happened. Yep. <laughs> and, and yeah, then um, yeah, I, um, yeah, I couldn't couldn't believe it when I when I seen it, and then obviously Adelaide. Um, had a big comeback to, to get back in the game, but st- still fell short. But This is what the Dogs were doing last season, though. They were causing upsets. But I'll give you a tip as well. Whenever the Dogs and Crows play against each other, w- no matter where they're on the ladder, it's always close. Yeah. It is always close. And Ali Blackburn dominated the middle. Yeah, she, she just was... carried, carried him, didn't she? And but up even against... Kirsty Lamb was the yeah. same as well. Um, but... Too good, um, stepped up. Um, what a name! That is probably is. one of the best names in football <laughs> yeah, as well. Quality name. But Mech Hatchard and Marinoff and Phillips, all they weren't. They didn't struggle. They just, they were just pinned from the whole game. They couldn't move. They couldn't breathe. Dogs were all over them. And once the dogs got tired, then they actually started getting on top of the on top of the ground because they can run for so long. Yep. But that that pressure that was fantastic to watch, and that that will give um, the coaching staff at Western at Footscray just some a lot of lot of lot of confidence yeah. because well, it, it, um, it it's a good showing, building block. Yeah, yeah, well, it showed the last two three weeks now the doggies have been building back up to where they were last season. Yep. Um, they've still got a bit of bit of a ways to go, but and, and keep that consistency up. Uh, but yeah, they're definitely. They're definitely um, coming coming along really nicely now. Now they've come back from their, that crappy break at the start of the season for them, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think I think they're they're starting to get rolling now, which which just gives us another another small contender into the into the final mix, and which yeah, it's starting to starting to heat up a little bit already, to be honest. And it helps that you have um, accurate goal kicking. They're all eight one to seven six. Yeah. So. Kicking goals when it matters, that's all all it does. At halftime, it was six goals, one to three goals, two. And then yep. the rest is history. But I just want to give you a little hint of how good Ali Blackburn was. She had 23 disposals, a goal, 17 kicks, six handballs. 
But the thing that was the most impressive, four tackles and five clearances and three coming in the last quarter. Yeah. That's that's a champion player, man. Like, that's what happens when, yep. when you need your big players to lift, they lift. So, congratulations, Ali Blackburn. Yeah, she did um, carry that team as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, which is huge against the Adelaide outfit that was undefeated before this game. Yeah, so, and what, they've lost top spot now because Freo pumped Carlton. Yeah, well, that, that that basically brings me on to my next one. And Melbourne and Fremantle absolutely demolished their opposition. And yeah. um, GWS has been playing some at least competitive Decent-ish. footy. Yeah, they've yep. been playing pretty well. Carlton, obviously, has been shocking. But um, we sort of predicted that at the start of the season, which we thought it was going to happen anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, those they just absolutely pummeled them. Like, GWS scored seven points for the game, I think it was. And... Um, Carlton didn't score much more, um, so like to hold your team. Maybe maybe I've got it mixed up. Um, well, um, Melbourne played GWS and Freya played Carlton, but Melbourne were able to play their ground really well because it was at Casey Fields. Yeah, sorry, and it just was Melbourne, uh, GWS for seven points and Carlton yeah. scored nine points. So, um, both. yeah, and but you're correct. And the best thing about um, Melbourne in that game was it was a spread outfit. It wasn't like reliant on one star and that's what their season's been about anyway. But Freo on the other hand, Carlton's back line were under the pump from the get go. Like at they this is what Freo did to Collingwood, where they just held their lines, held their lines, um, as much as they could Carlton and then the floodgates just opened on him. And that Michaela, uh, Michaela Morrison dominated three goals, hit the scoreboard, but her pressure around the ground ball is ridiculous. And like we both said, well, Kiara Bowers injured or suspended, sorry. Hayley Miller is slowly but surely actually, becoming... Ki- Kiara Bowers got suspended, to be honest. Did she? Well, didn't she I, get two, no, ga- I yeah, I two games? She, yeah, I don't think she got... I think she got let off. Oh, well, either either, but... Hayley Miller has just wrong. dominated. But yeah, Hayley Miller has dominated and Yeah, she it, has. <sighs> she's having she's so, having a massive season. Like, yeah. She like I I don't think anyone really seen this coming from her. And yeah, she's I no. think she's one of those one of those people, yeah, like we've already discussed on the on the podcast that she's just thriving off that leadership role. Like thriving and uh, uh, yeah. I, I think they've. They, I don't reckon they could have done it any better of ever pick for their captain, to be honest. Leading by example and and taking her to yep. another level. Well, she's ma- she's even said out publicly she's made this role her own, yep. and she's doing everything differently and fantastically. And from all reports, she's the main woman in that team. Like she's the main person. It's not Turbo. It's not Houghton. Everyone looks at her. But the other the, one more before we go on a break. Gold Coast got, got a, yeah, I still got a couple of things as well. Yep, um, Gold Coast versus Geelong. Yep. Yeah, you, you, absolutely. At the start of the season, Ash, you said Geelong and Gold Coast with their picks, they're going to improve, they're going to show you some grunt and fight. And you were right and you are wrong at the same time because Geelong have been around the mark. They've been getting beaten. They're about a year off. But Gold Coast have, have been able to get that one win that you said that a team needs to build on. Yep. And now, Gold Coast at the crossroads. Is this season 
a fluke of a season or if it's a showing for next season or it's this their season because they beat Geelong in a game they they should win but now mm-hmm. they versus their rivals in Lions on Tuesday and uh, tomorrow night. Yep. Is this the game against the reigning premiers where Gold Coast goes, nah, we'll match up, we'll beat you. They win. Then do they become finals fancies? Yeah. Like that that's massive. That yeah. that's this is a season defying game. This shows us exactly where Gold Coast is at. Well, you could you could you've seen it over the whole season and I I, I would I'll admit I I think I went a little bit uh, went a year early on, um, probably on both of them. I don't think they're going to win the premiership. I think Gold Coast have very good chances to make the finals now because they're playing so well. But uh, I think they're still a year, at least a year off, win, um, actually contending for the for the flag. But Geelong, Geelong, yes, I I was wrong in saying they because they haven't like that because I picked them probably to sneak into the uh, into the finals, but. It's saying that they've been right thereabouts. They've had every opportunity to be there and actually snag more games than they have. Uh, but Gold Coast have taken their opportunities and they actually have um, snagged them. And that's probably the biggest thing I was wrong about. I actually had them the wrong way around. And Gold Coast has proved that they're probably a bit in, ahead of Geelong. Um, but what I love, but it's the style of play is the difference, man. Yeah, it's the style of play. Gold Coast with Sermon up forward. With their relentless pressure, and I mean relentless, man. They yeah. they have three or four girls around in the pitch in the frame, nearly every single time. Yeah. So but they've also sorry, got, they've also off, got some um, they've also got some good um, tools as well at both ends of the ground, which yeah. which they're all young as well, and they can build all on that, uh, which is really good for them. And the other thing is, um, which I'm I'm loving about this season and these two in particular is Prasparkas and Rowbottom. Going head to head this game as well in in a tightly contested battle, I mean you just love to see it really. You just love to see it because they're the future. They are, those two are proven that they are the future of of AFLW. Yep. And I think they're going to take it to new heights. And and the more and more like we keep saying, the more girls that are coming in that are are going to be um, have played for like since they were seven eight years old that's where we're going to actually start seeing the game grow. And, um, yeah, these two are going to be leading from the front. Well, it's going to be interesting to see and hear where they're all at because the because of COVID, the next two drafts might be a bit um and um because of how interrupted their footy careers were in the last two years. So they could be, Robottom and Prasparkas, could be the face of AFL footy, because of that reason. Yep. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll get, we'll get straight back into it. Too easy. All right. Let's, let's get into this. We're obviously a, a week, a weekish late, obviously only doing the one podcast a week as well, but, uh, trade deadline. Um, I want to talk about it. I'm sure you Massive. want to talk, of it, talk about it. Uh, last day was huge. We, I don't exactly know exactly what we've we've spoken about already on last podcast because there was obviously some trades that had happened, but uh, I don't think the big trades like uh, Ben Simmons and James Harden um, have happened yet. I think they all happened Friday, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they happened Friday. I've got all the lists here anyway, but um, the Ben Simmons-Harden trade, Ash, you're not happy 
I think it's a reasonable price what 76ers had to give up for James Harden. And I'll tell you why just in a sec, but just let that melt into your head. Can I go, can I go first before <laughs> before my yep, head explodes yep, about yep. it? So I yep. I'd still still stand by they've overpaid. They've got they've got a what is he? 30, at least 33 year old. So I'm pretty sure he's 35. Yep. Or something like that. Um yep. He's going out of contract. He's Forced his way out of two teams. No, in, he's in, not now. Okay, he's going to sign a. He's extension. not out of contra- contract. Yep. Okay. So, yep. but he's also he's also forced his way out of two teams and made them um, give up a lot just to get him in the first place, and then they've had to try and get something get a lot back for him. Uh, Philly have yep. also given up Seth Curry, which I think is a huge loss, and they needed to keep him because he would have been beside uh, James Harden. And that would have been a massive yep. um, advantage for them. But now they've lost probably their best perimeter shooter for the season, and they've given him up as like a pretty much as a cherry on top, really. Um, and okay, know, can I rebuttal this so far? Yep, yep. Can go I forward. just to yeah, give go, you a yep, bit of a break because yep, I can feel the steam from this microphone right yep. now from you. But yep. we don't. There's no guarantee Simmons get a play. There is no guarantee. I so guarantee let's just it. say Simmons doesn't play for the. He'll be back yeah, in I, a week. I think so too. But there's, <laughs> but when you're trading, but when you're trading, there's no guarantee on the player. So let's just say Simmons doesn't play. It's pretty much James Harden for Curry, Drummond, and a first round pick. Like you're there's not going to take that. Two first rounders. Also. Like the, two first rounders. Yep. Like no one in their right mind. If I said to you that um, Kyrie Irving went before this whole vaccination, went, let's just say Kyrie Irving up Boston, and he was offered for J.J. Redick, um, uh, Jakeem Noah, aging center, and two first-round picks. You're not going to take it. But the, because of Ben Simmons's contract, he was able to fit the scheme and the possibility that he might play. Like, you yeah. don't know. He, could, yeah, he, might, he, he might just not play at all for the rest of... What happens if Kevin Durant gives him that look and Ben Simmons goes, I don't want to play? <laughs> like, there's no guarantee on yeah. it. But it, there is a guarantee. He only just didn't want to play for Philly. But also... I agree. You, I'm just playing devil's advocate yeah, yeah. here. So you use that argument, though, and I'll, I'll go back at you with this one. James Harden is going into Philly with an injury cloud over his hamstring. He's not in great shape. He clearly just tanked to get out of... Brooklyn as well. I mean, he had he had a four point game. When have you ever seen that from James Harden in twelve years or whatever it's been? Never. No, I've, I see it often. Sometimes the shots just like he gets fouled, so he gets to go to the free throw line. Yeah, the rules yep. haven't favored. But I get that argument. But you ha- you have to admit that the Embiid and Harden possibly being together is a lot scarier than. Harden, nah, then a no, Simmons, no, no. Durant, no, I'm and gonna Irving. Stop you. I'm going to stop you right there because no, I disagree whoa, whoa, whoa. completely. But Kyrie Irving's a point guard still. Yeah, he uh, still is ball dominant. I, What's Simmons going to do without the ball? He is like the biggest thing that everyone is forgetting of how good of a defender Ben Simmons is. Exactly, on, but he's, what's that, he going to do on the offense? Yeah, but if on Kyrie that, on the that ball? team, on that team, they had three offensive players. If if Kevin Durant, or if they play some sort of small ball, which they definitely can with Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant, yep. right? They can play big time small ball and still be agile enough to like, and still be big enough to play against bigs. And 
Ben Simmons' defense adds so much versatility and so much two-way stuff for the Nets that they, he can also play very well on offense if he has the right space, which I think he's definitely going to have as well without Embiid in his way. And we've all seen how well he plays when Embiid's not there. And yep. he scores 30 points nearly every single time he plays without Embiid. So now you've got guys like Kevin Durant and that that aren't going to be clogging up that space. He's going to get his he's going to get his fifteen to twenty the points. The only way, the only way this happens if Kyrie Irving doesn't touch the isn't the point guard. Ben Simmons has to be the point. Kyrie Irving has to learn how to shoot off the ball once. Which Ben he can, Simmons though. pushes. Yeah, Which no, he no, can. but he doesn't. He couldn't do it with LeBron. He struggled to do it with Harden. Him and Harden had constant arguing when they played their sixteen games together mm-hmm. about where they should be and stuff like that. Irving needs to make the step back. Irving is will be the second, the third fiddle in this team, bringing up the ball. He'll be the second scoring option, because that's what he's look. At, Simmons is going to look at Durant and look at Irving to get the ball. But if the driving lane is there, that's the only way I can see the Simmons yep. on the court working with Irving. And the other good piece about this is the Drummond part, because Drummond is the center that they have been needing, just Correct. a rebounder. Yep. Just a rebounder. So I look at, at, I don't see it as, I think it's a fair trade. This is exactly what they want. And the picks that they're getting, that they've given up Philly for, hard, uh, for Harden is two 30, 30 picks. Like, it's, they're not going to be anything. Yeah. The picks are irrelevant right now. But the Curry and Drummond part of it, they're role players. And Curry, it was, yeah, was playing great with um, Embiid, but he's no Harden. So I see it as a win-win trade for both of them. It's a win-win trade for both of us. I still, I still think it's a win-win trade for both teams. I just think Philly gave up a bit too much of what they had to because it wasn't so. It wasn't all entirely their fault because the position that they were in, they kind of had to give up a bit more to get James Harden in to to cover and to get the star that they desperately wanted for Embiid. But they they definitely. I still think they overpaid, but they also got what exactly what they wanted. So you can't you say can't it's a argue loss. you can't you say can, it's a loss. You can't yeah you can't argue that it's a loss loss. But we can argue that Curry wouldn't be a good fit with Harden because Harden is such a ball dominant player, and he does all he, he you watch the first four or five games he plays with Philly, he'll be shooting off a screen every time with Embiid, and no one else is touching the ball, but. The one thing that we can guarantee is that um, that we both get to hate the Philadelphia 76ers even more. Oh, now. yeah. Yeah. It's definitely my like, favorite team to hate. Oh, man. I <laughs> no, am, not even a contest anymore. Not even, even close to a contest. But, like, let, let's put it this way right now. Simmons kind of has to play because without Durant, Paddy Mills, Steph Curry, uh, Seth Curry, and Drummond can't carry this franchise. They're, they're sitting eight in the eight seed. They get a, like if the playoffs start now, they'll play against Toronto in the playing tournament. And the way Toronto are playing and Siakam's playing, I can't see, unless Durant and Simmons are playing healthy, they're not beating him. And then on if they lose that, they play the winner out of the Hawks and Hornets, who are both on fire. Yeah. Like yep. both teams. And speaking of Hornets, they added a much needed player in Harald. 
in uh, some offensive rebounding, doing the dirty stuff, nitty gritty stuff, yeah, and adding um, oh, a score off. I think that was a great move by Charlotte. And they gave up nothing. Yeah, yeah. and and it wasn't. It's not a game changing move. Like it's not gonna. That doesn't guarantee them a championship, but it guarantees them something dangerous. Well, it still it still um, made them better. That's, yes, like they they didn't get worse. They didn't go sideways. They got better, and they they. Um, they grabbed but something identified that they it needed. a need. Yeah, they yes, they needed. exactly, and they yeah. went after it. There yeah, are, that was a great trade. The other trade, which I don't hold know, on, if hold you... on, hold on, before we, before we go deep diving into all the trades and stuff, yeah, I've got some questions that I want to bring up for both of us. This is a both of us answer. Um, uh, I haven't, I actually haven't even answered them myself. Um, so it's going to be a bit of a conversation and a thinker. As to what we what we actually think was the best ones, um, all right. So to kick it off, okay. Yep. Who who's your biggest winner from the trade period? So who made so really like who made the best trade? Who who got exactly what they needed? Who who did something that you thought would put them over the top of everyone else? Can I rank them? Uh, no, no, no. I just want I just want your the best one. So the- who who is the biggest winner? The biggest winner for me was Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they gave up... Stealing Serge. Um, yep. They got Serge Ibaka. They, they fill the need of a center that can spread the floor, that's not going to clog Giannis's lanes, and they gave up pretty much nothing. People go, oh, he gave up um, them and Tinge. Yeah. Have you seen... Yep. Yeah, but have you seen Grayson <laughs> Allen? Yeah. Have you seen Pat Connington? Yeah, they're they doing his him. role. Yeah, they they need don't him. need him. They're fine. Grayson Allen has played his ass off for Milwaukee. Yeah, he's absolute ass off. He's, he's balling. Season. Yeah. He's balling. And Abaka, he all he's taking is Brook Lopez minutes. Who's injured? So yep. he suits that scheme. That the close second for me, and it was a very underrated move, and not a lot of people are talking about it. Was the Tory Craig part to um, from Indiana to the Suns? I thought. Yep. They added another D man. Like they're just so three and D. They can switch on everything now, and he's not he's not bad at shooting threes. He's actually quite excellent. He's a former NBL player as well. Um, he's an elite defender, lot of range. Uh, that put that for me. Those two trades just put almost guarantee them both finals appearances. So we could have a uh, Milwaukee versus Phoenix rematch again. Like, yep. honestly, I can see just from those trades. And they're not massive trades. They're not the Harden-Simmons one. Because with the Harden trade, I can't... You know where I stand with Harden. I'm not a big fan of him. Mm-hmm. I, I think this sets back 76ers, honestly. It does fill a need, but is that is his need and what he answer. wants the same thing? Yeah. Okay. And is Simmons and Curry and... So uh, do Simmons I, do you want to hear my biggest winner of the trade period? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I think my biggest winner from the trade period is actually Brooklyn Nets. And that's how big I I think because Ben Simmons has been out for so long, um, Kevin Durant is obviously injured at the moment, the whole thing with Kyrie and all that sort of stuff. But that Ben Simmons and Seth Curry piece, not so much Drummond, but he still adds to the team. But... The Ben Simmons and Seth Curry um, pieces is humongous for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I think I think everyone is actually forgetting how good Ben Simmons is when he's up and going. 
I know he had that that bad playoff game. I know he had the bad playoff bad series. Series, yep. yeah, it was a series. I, I know, I know that, but but sometimes that does happen. And and me and you had been discussing this for years, and I'm sure heaps of other people were discussing it for years. If Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid were not never fit, working, they never were going to work. It was never going to win them a championship. They were just too much in each other's way. Mm-hmm. So. This piece now is, I genuinely think, this Nets, This is the piece that Nets needed. It actually gives them that defense option and gives them a chance to actually stop the other teams from scoring and they don't really lose a whole lot of offense, in my opinion, just because Ben Simmons can get to the basket and... And it probably allows Kevin Durant and Kyrie to shoot more. And Kevin Durant, we know how efficient he is. So if he gets five to ten more shots, he's still scoring at least five of them. Yeah, so, yeah, I can see why you'll say that. But does that I look at it as who won the trade deadline as what's going to push them over the edge? Is where where Brooklyn is right now? Are they going to jump up to the fourth seed right now, or get higher so they get that home court advantage, or do they want the home court advantage so Kyrie Irving plays all the game sevens if there's a game seven? Like I'm not sure, but yeah. the other team actually I thought pick got something really good, and this only only hold, happens. Hold if... on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're jumping ahead. I said just hold on. Let's just answer the question. We can discuss a little bit of the question and the answers, but let's not keep jumping jumping into all the other trades. Okay. No, no, no. Some... I gave you. I had three teams. Yeah, no, I had three I teams. Your, so I, I just wanted them. your biggest winner. That's all. I just wanted your biggest winner. You, you've you've made your pick. You even chucked in a second one. I allowed it. <laughs> I've got other questions. They might fit into those questions. Okay. That's why. Yeah. I, that's why I'm stopping you. So I don't want. I don't want you to answer something you've. Already, you've okay, and you've yeah. already said okay. All right, moving on to the next question. Do you get the game now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, who's your biggest loser of the trade period? Because I definitely know who mine is. Kings. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, Kings. You, you're telling me they get, Halliburton, mate. You yeah. don't give up Halliburton, and then oh, no, well, I'm, that's all I'm saying. Halliburton. Yep. Yeah, that, they're you're, definitely, I know who they're definitely going. a close second. Okay, who am I going? You're going Dallas. Yeah, I'm definitely going Dallas. Because I think what they gave up, they gave up Christoph Porzingis. I know he's had his injury issues. I know he, but when he's playing, he's playing very well and he's fitting with the team. I know, uh, I know there's been issues with him and Luca and all that sort of stuff. But, but I just think they they gave him away. Like Spencer Dinwiddie has just. He's fallen off a cliff since the start of the season. Uh, and then they also get... They take on Batan's contract. He hasn't Stupid. really played very Stupid well contract. at all. Like, like, he, he Good shooter, a, he but had, not he worth had that much. shooting game, like, just when he, his first outing, I think it was. But, like, he's very inconsistent. He's not worth what he's on. He's, like, and they've pretty much just given away Pozingas. And when they could have probably just waited till the summer, I don't think they're going to win the championship this season anyway. With how like they're playing well, but I don't think they they have a they have the team to win it. Um, but 
I just think they just gave him away where they could have they could have waited, 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 and and got a, a lot more for. But him. who was buying Pazingas? I don't think anyone was going after him. Yeah, I don't even think Washington wanted him. They just wanted to get rid of Spencer. Didn't that's what I'm saying though. In, in, when it gets to the summer after the season, people start going, "Oh, actually, maybe we need someone like that." Right now, no one was no one was buying. So, like that position or that player. But if he if he put together a, an all right back end of the season and built up his stocks again, then people come calling and you, you get a way better package for him. I don't know. I honestly don't know because right now what they've done, they've actually freed up $56 million in cap. Yeah. So yes. they could go spend this yeah. off-season. But that are, doesn't, are that doesn't getting, kick in. Yeah. They won't kick in if they traded. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, so in the off-season if I they traded. Yeah, I know why they're doing it. I just think they, they kind of just gave him away. Anyway. And I don't actually, I like the Spencer Dinwiddie being the third best guard on that team. Because no. Brunson is playing great basketball. We all know Luca, But Ma- maybe Maxi Cleaver makes the jump of actually averaging six threes a game. Maybe Luca is get a start facilitating for scorers around him. They gave this massive contract extension to um, uh, Donnie Smith. That's, in, yeah, that's his name, Finney I'm pretty Smith. sure. Finney Smith. Yeah, Finley Smith, sorry. Finney Which Smith. I'm a bit... Appro- Finney Smith. Very apprehensive on that um, contract. That mm-hmm. doesn't suit well with me. That one, that yep. extension. Well, I but think he plays a big role. That, on there's the a clear goal now as well, and he plays. Yeah. he plays that. Um, and I think they're going a bit of a bit of a small ball option now, and they're running they're running Dorian Finney-Smith at the four and Dwight Powell at the five with Maxi Cleaver coming in to take either one of those spots as he comes on. Yeah. Um, which is okay. So, by do you me. know who's a free agent in two seasons though that they're ironing off? No. So obviously they're like, we want to partner up Luca with another star. Mm-hmm. Can you think of a star right now that they're trying to partner up with? Um, uh, and he's a young, young, young star in a side that's contending at the moment as well, but has been very unhappy in the last, we'll say, a month. Um, nah, no idea. Maybe Aiton. But no. well, that he's a free agent this season, and I can guarantee you that is Dallas's number one option for this season. Yeah. The next shit, the season after, they'll still have enough money to afford this player in Donovan Mitchell. Oh, okay. So they could potentially fit, have a Luca, a Luca, Donovan, and Aiton. That's yeah. their two priorities, and I can, with that knowledge, I understand why they gave up Pazingas and all the cap. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, I, I go, well, if you nail those two, then I can call this trade a success. Yeah. At this point, it's a wait and see. I don't know where they're at, whereas the Kings have no... They're, they're just sitting in the water. They're still drowning in the water. Yeah. What they did didn't save them, didn't show us what they were doing, anything. So yeah. it didn't have... Like, that this trade right now is a wait and see because if they don't land a big agent, free agent, then I go, you're yeah. correct, Ash, because yeah. Pazingas was that star. For, for right now, without getting anything back, and while they're kind of contending still, I think they're up to nearly the fourth seed, so they're still yep. contending. I just think they gave away a player that could have been used if if he gets back to playing um, some good basketball. Um, on to the next I'm surprised one. Surprised you didn't say Washington. Yeah. 
Well, they gave up Haral for nothing, and they get Pazingas. Yeah, but that's With, that's not. I, I don't see that as a loss, though. I, I still think Dallas's move is worse. Okay. Than than Washington. Um, okay. What was your favorite move? So it doesn't have to be the biggest winner or anything like that. But no, what was no, your, my favorite, what was your favorite move, move was obviously the Simmons Harden trade. That's my favorite because the possibilities of the Simmons with Durant is. I'm actually quite exciting and um, thrilling as well. And yep. with Curry and how far... With a Steve Nash system, like, you know me with Steve Nash. I love him. And Simmons finally gets to play with a point guard coach that wants to play make and not clog up the lane. Mm-hmm. That's That excites me. That's 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 my favourite trade. Yep. See, um, I'm going with... Uh, my favourite move was the Car- Karis Levert move. Um, and Ooh. I just I just like that for the Cavs. I, I really like mm. that fit, and I just think I, I just really think that's actually going to work. And and obviously, yep. yeah. Now now Karis Levert back teaming up with Jared Allen as well. They know how to play together as well. So don't forget Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I love him, mate. He's no, no. But what, that, what I mean is they're teaming back yeah. up, so they know how they're playing. So there's already chemistry there, and then yep. and then you bring the rest of them in as well. So. I did, yeah, uh, that's probably my favorite move, and it it's a, it's an underrated move as well. So, um, okay, and uh, on to the next one. Uh, what was your favorite non-move? Who was your favorite team to to stay stay away from the trade trade period and Memphis and just, and just go Memphis? Yeah, oh, I'm oh, so happy I'm with Memphis with not well. do, not doing anything because they've got a chemistry that works. Why screw it up? We see too many teams go, oh, we're contending. We need to get in an extra player and screw up your chemistry and everything like that. So I actually like Memphis on that one. Um, And it just proves to the fans at Grizzlies, we've got something brewing. This is is something good. So if you're a Grizzlies fan out there, be happy about it. Be proud of it. I know you are. So... So I've got so mine mine was a tie and because you already brought up Memphis I'm gonna I'm gonna add in the other one. Um, so my favorite non-move was actually the Miami Heat, and they obviously have been still contending. They're still up right at the top of that Eastern Conference, which is now getting more and more competitive. And they haven't had any of their pretty much any of their players play together for the whole season. Yep, and they still still stood fat. And went, no, we're not making a move because we think once we get all our guys back and playing together, we are. We they're are a bit tied to the cap. contenders. They're, they're, they're a team that will get a buyout player, like a Drudgic who went to the Spurs and mm-hmm. who's in talks of a buyout. So, a, I think it's already confirmed. So Yeah, so I I'm going to say that they didn't do nothing. They Sorry, they didn't do nothing. Yeah, they didn't do nothing. They're just waiting on their on the buyout because they they're, they're tied up to the cap. Yeah, but so still, I, I, Memphis. But Memphis still, aren't going to sign they anyone. They could have still made some sort of moves. They could have still done little trades and all that sort of stuff. But I I, I just think it was a good non-move by them to just not change anything and stick yeah. with what they've got. And if they add in somebody from a buyout or something like that, then that's great. But for right now, them not doing anything in the trade period, I think that was a great non-move by them because it would be it would be hard not to make a move when you can't get your whole starting five on the court. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so I've got another one here. So um, who who missed the boat? Um, and don't say the Lakers because they just no. have nothing to do anything. They with. can't give up anything. I actually, OKC is my team that missed the boat. So you're gonna go, oh, what the hell? They yeah. could have been. I say, actually, I'll ask Ria. Define miss the boat. Like just who missed completely? Yeah. So who who missed completely and who who had a chance to really strengthen their team? Whether whether it be taken from like a nine tenth seed to uh, genuine okay. contenders, yeah. or, right, so, or or it could just be it could just be somebody like OKC who has every option they possibly could have and yep. just did nothing. Yeah. So OKC is still number one with the Jazz. So the Jazz had to do something, not just get Hughes and give up Ingles. They had yep. to get something else. They had Jazz there as a partner. They have some good role players that they would have given up for some more picks. We all know they want picks. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have sent a big contract over there. They will happily accept it as long as you give a pick up and they'll buy out the player and you can sign him for the cheap. But the OKC not being involved in any of these trades was very concerning because they could have gotten some contracts and more picks back. Um but they, most people know they're going after the a top three pick for next year because there's two, no, th- sorry, three really good centers in mm-hmm. the draft who will go one, two, and three, like really good Evan Mobley type players, yep, um, and Jared Allen type players, a matter of fact as well. <laughs> so they've got, um, so they'll go for a big, I reckon, next season. But OKC not being in any major trade in any major move was very frustrating to watch because they're the ones that could have opened up the door as a casual fan like me, knowing that trades are coming that could come from the possibility of them taking the cap. That was a frustrating part. And wanting to see Utah Jazz succeed because they got amazing uniforms was very frustrating when Utah Jazz did nothing. They couldn't do anything. So they, uh, that, that was that they're my two teams. What about you? Um, yeah, I, I'm actually in agreement with you with both, actually. I, I just couldn't believe OKC did nothing. I couldn't believe they were involved in nothing. I couldn't, like, I just think they've got they've got good young pieces there and um, with SGA, Josh Giddy, um, Lou Dort, like, they've got good pieces Poku. there. Poku, Poku's um, playing yeah. really good. Yeah, so they've got good pieces there that they probably just, like, when, when they had Chris Paul... That was just like as much as we know what he's like, and he controls the whole team, but um, and controls it well. But you add you add in to somebody, somebody that could really improve the team, and they're they're not not to say they're championship contenders, but then they're only next season they might only be one move away from actually being a threat. Yeah. Whereas sitting here doing nothing, and I get. I get building, building through the draft, all that sort of stuff. That's all. That's great, and they're doing really well. But with with the amount of picks they have, they're not gonna they're not gonna keep using all of them. So use it while you've while you've got that trade package, where you can get somebody in and, and help your young guys and give them that winning culture rather than them just um uh, what's it called um yeah, losing and getting used to losing yeah like you want a winning culture and that's how you're going to bring in other players and and you don't want the guys to just get used to losing and and not not want to go out there and perform to get that win yeah 
Um, no, I, 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 I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, it's it's frustrating because that the you don't have how long's SGA get to wait yeah. for something to happen? Yep. Like when they made the bubble playoff, they had Gallinari, Schroeder, Stephen Adams, and Chris Paul. Yep. The only two players that are still there are Dort and SGA, and they've added Giddy in the, that because of the losing season. So, mm-hmm. for me, it's not it's not looking bright. Like, yes, they got all these picks and all that, but like you said, they got to use it in some way. And most of them are low end picks because they're Houston's and Clippers picks. Like, they're not anything special. Yep. But when um, before the other team that I like you asked me do you have any more questions by the way yeah i've got a few more still oh, yep. okay yep never mind. <laughs> okay um does this change the true contenders the no. trade deadline no no still three teams still three teams from each yeah yeah so you've got phoenix you got warriors you got grizzlies Denny yep. and yeah and then on the east you've got bucks um you've got yeah bucks who do i say heat and I did have the Nets, and I want to keep that Nets team. Um, yeah. I can't see anyone out. So you're like not adding Boston, Philly or Cavs? Straight. Nah. Cavs, Cavs are that scary team. They're that Cinderella team. Like, look, I, if, I, if I'm a true NBA fan, which I am, the series that I want, apart from Phoenix and Bucks, because they're the two best teams, I think, mm-hmm. is Cavs and Grizzlies. I want a Cavs-Grizzlies. <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? Two teams that come oh, out mate, of nowhere. It, and exactly yeah but that, i can't that would be a good story. Cavs have to if let, let, honestly but well, i know I'm, I'm jumping ahead but let's literally let's hear the, like the series of in the eastern conference like the first seed right now is miami and if let's just say there's no playing game miami will have to verse brooklyn in the first series yeah chicago will have to verse toronto milwaukee have to verse boston and cleveland versus philly Tell me they're not exciting series. Yeah, Tell me that those seri- there's any easy win series in that. No, well, that's what the the East surprisingly has is now is completely tightened up, and you still have you still probably have the two best teams for the season in the West, um, going off standings yep. and everything like that in the Warriors and Phoenix, and then Grizzlies yep. coming up close behind them, but um, but. The drop off from the West at the moment is massive. Like from from like you only really got your top five that are um, even close to being championship contenders, and really it's probably only three. And Grizzlies, you could say they're lacking a lot of experience in the playoffs. So who knows how they'll go? So really, you probably oh, only they had two genuine contenders. I yep. reckon after their playoff series last year, I think they know what, yep. what it's about. I, I honestly I, think they'll I, be fine. I do agree, but I'm also saying they don't have that long playoff run long experience. Yeah. They they haven't gone they haven't gone past the first round. Uh, they obviously got yep. through the play in and then the and then they lost in the first round. So they haven't really got great playoff experience or they haven't played a seven game series and then a seven game series and then a seven game series or even like a five a seven, a five, a seven, six, seven, five, seven, or, six yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah. They haven't done that. So if they come up to that, how are they going to handle that? Yep. Nobody knows where Phoenix and Golden State, they've all done it. Milwaukee have done it. Brooklyn, 
they've got guys that have done it like they've got the experience there so those guys you'd put above Memphis and stuff so it, that's where it makes well, it hard this cleat with Cleveland as well though like if the farm the playoffs starting now if they be, let's just say they play, beat Philly and how many games do you reckon they'll do it in six so they play a six game series then the next series they have to play is either Miami or Brooklyn mm-hmm. and if they get through that let's just say that that's six in six games, they win that. Then they versus the winner, they'll probably, most I would assume, it'll be Milwaukee. So yeah. they play against three premier teams straight yeah. off the bat. Like, right. that's a hard, hard get where I can see Miami, Nets, and Milwaukee all avoiding each other to get into that spot. Yeah. And it gives me a better chance of getting that right. Whereas I think Phoenix... Golden State, like you said, are completely out in front because of the, the veterans that they have on the field, the experience they've got. But Memphis, I'm not slowing down on them because they've got this swag and this oh, attitude and I'm... confidence that it's undeniable. And there's going to be a team that has to do that yep. to be good because that's just the way it is. Like Look, Golden not... State Warriors had to do, did it when um, they won their first title. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away from Memphis. I, like I think they're playing supreme basketball they're battling on both ends, and I'll, like I'm loving, obviously, the Grizzlies basketball. I'm just saying experience still comes into account when you get into deep into the playoffs. So that's where they're going to be lacking. That's the thing that could take it away from them. Yep. Um, but we'll move on, and um, I'm just going to let you answer this one quickly. Um, yep. I was going to skip over it, but I'll just go for it. Was there an underrated move that you liked? Yes. Yes. The Clippers. The Clippers getting Rodney Hood. Yep. Because the because with, from all reports, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will be back by the end of March. Okay, so they'll have um, Norman Powell, um, Terrence Mann. Kawhi, Terrence uh, Powell actually might be out for the season now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. So oh, even Terrence Mann, um, George, Kennard, Reggie Jackson, Kawhi, Reggie Jackson, Ronnie Hood, yeah. Ronnie Hood Morris. That's yeah, pretty scary team. Yeah, starting at the Bucks. Um, yeah. Yep. Nope, I like that. that was, that's my one as well, actually. It really is. And um, I think everyone is forgetting about the Clippers because they've been missing their two stars for the well, whole they're season. The, they're the second smallest LA team in yeah. LA. Like, <laughs> it, it, yeah. If they were any in any other any other city, they'll be massive. But because yeah. they're the second LA side... Yeah, they just need very... to win that one chip and, and that'll... that'll Never happen big time, but never happen. Uh, who knows? Um, and then, all right, let's we'll move over that one pretty quickly. Um, I've got this one. Let's let's do a bit of quick quick rapid fire. Um, I've yep. got I've got a fair few names here. Okay, my question is, who gets bought out, and where do they go if they get okay. bought out? Okay, so yep. I've got Dragic. He'll go to the Heat or Dallas. Heat or Dallas. They're yep. they're the two teams I'm hearing. Yep. Okay. You reckon he's going back to Heat? I, I would love to see him back in the Heat jersey, yeah. Okay, yep. Um, Eric Bledsoe? Uh, he'll get... He'll stay. He'll stay wherever he's at. And I don't, if he does if it does get brought out, I don't think many teams will give him another chance. Okay. Uh, Gary Harris? Um, he'll Mitch, go to the Bucks. Mitch's man. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll, get, he'll get brought out and he'll go to the Bucks. He'll be that the third string shooting guard. Yep, from that. Yep, because I, I don't know if. Um, oh, sorry, no, that's not that's not them. I was thinking of um, uh, Dallas. Sorry, with Tim yep. Hardaway Jr. Um, so yeah, don't worry about that. Um, 
DeAndre Jordan. Nah, no one's taking him. Yep, you don't reckon you just buy done. him out? Still, you just get. Oh him yeah, we'll buy him out, but he's done. Yep. No one, no one's picking him up. Okay. Uh, Robin Lopez. I think he'll stay, just because he's doing such a good job with um, Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. Like yep. teaching him and stuff just, like that. Being a great veteran. Yep. Okay. Um, Paul Millsap. He'll he'll stay because you can't get rid of someone that's you just got in a trade. Yep. Like that. Like he's the second part of the trade. You can't just get rid of him after what you've given up. Yeah. And I think he's I think he's a valuable piece, especially come playoffs as well, if you can keep him fresh. Okay, on to the next one. Uh Tomas uh Sadaransky. No, he'll stay. Have he'll a stay him? with Yeah, they'll have to keep him. Yep. He, he fits their scheme too much. Okay. Dennis Schroeder. Uh he'll get brought out and I'm hearing he goes to the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably the only which, moves, really, that the Lakers can make, isn't it? Yeah, which is stupid because you're getting Westbrook, who can't... You've got Westbrook, who can't defend, and then you get Schroeder, who can't defend. So, yeah. erratic playmakers, yeah, no. Yep. Uh, Tristan Thompson. Yep, brought out, and he's going to the Lakers as well. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, let's hope you get rid of DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> Why? I uh, just don't understand. And then the last one, which is the big one, John Wall. Yep. No, he will stay. They can't, they're not buying his contract out. You reckon? Yeah, but no one's trading for him. Like, surely they yeah, can well, come no up with... Can afford him. Sh- yeah, but surely they can come up with a... Because he wants to play. Like, he doesn't want to sit Yeah, there. he wants to play, but his buyout agreement is $32 million or yeah, something. I'm sure they can negotiate something, is what I'm saying. Like, they're not going to... What, they're going to sit him on, on their bench for four seasons? Maybe. So, you know look, I've seen some, some weird... Yeah, yeah, I see some weird stuff. I can't I, see them buying him out I this think season. there'll be a negotiation. I can see him in the off-season. Yeah, I think there'll be a negotiation and getting bought out. So, at least he can go somewhere. The NBA, will, the NBA will jump in if he's not playing by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, all right, that's that's it for that. But um, just got two yep. players that we need to talk about. Ah, uh, sorry, three quick ones. Um I just need to... Uh, I actually completely forgot about it. I just thought about it before when we brought up the Cavs, but Jared Allen, all-star. Jared Allen. He is was, an all-star. Yeah, well, and, I had him on my um, Obviously, taking... And he couldn't replace a better dude either. Yep. Yeah, couldn't replace a better dude, could he? Um, no, and... <laughs> it just, it's so funny because the, when Durant didn't pick Harden in the teams... <laughs> did you watch the video? Yeah, I, I did. Oh. I did. He's just grambling on, oh, I need some hype, I need some defense. It's the all-star <laughs> game. You don't have no defense. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Durant's trying to take it serious this, this year as a coach. Oh, <laughs> yeah, as he's sitting on the bench. And yeah. Chuck going, he'll play. He He's at a new team now. He'll play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, But no, in all honesty, about time Jared Allen gets in. I still couldn't believe they put Lamelo over him. Um I just think with this season that um, he's had, yeah, he's had a far better season than what people are giving him credit for, and he's definitely in the top ten players in his conference. I would, I would say, yeah, on how call. he's playing. That's a big call. Um, well, you look at it; he's led, he's been the difference. Yes, he's, they've got Mobley, but he's been the massive difference in that Cleveland side yep. in their resurgence with Garland. Yeah. Now, if you take Garland out. Are they the same team? Maybe. They've got plays in that position. But if you take Allen out, 
I can't see anyone doing his role right now. Like yeah. in a couple of seasons, Mobley could, but yeah, Jared Allen is definitely yeah. born. He's yeah. born. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Demar Derozan, the the biggest, really the biggest, uh, most underrated pick pickup in the off season by country mile. League worst signing, mate. Demar Derozan, and I mean, like he's just. He's, he's the only player since MJ to put up four consecutive 35-plus point games. And and, and now he's added another two. Yeah, and he's the only player since Wilt Chamberlain to do it. Yeah. So, no, he's definitely it's been impressive. I yeah, mean, it's, been, it's, been a good, it's been a good five months. And, I'm not going to lie. It's okay. been a good five months. So, you want to know the other thing that I am loving about the DeMar DeRozan um, domination this season? Is he absolutely knows his game? He yeah. doesn't does not shoot three pointers unless absolutely necessary. He doesn't. He plays within his means, he just, doesn't he? Yeah, he just he just plays his game. He doesn't. That's where that's where Russell Westbrook, right? Is that's where he's falling short. He doesn't just play his game. If he can't get to the basket, he he plays the passing game. But right now, he tries to take three point shots, all of that sort of stuff. That that's not him. DeMar DeRozan knows who he is and he goes out there and and he just does what he can do for the team very, very well and it's paying off big time. I see three outcomes with DeRozan at the moment. One, the form continues for another two or three years and we go, holy moly, like this is what he was doing at Toronto, mind you. Mm -hmm. And then when he went to Spurs, because it was a small market, a bit quieter, not much hype, like that's where John... Jonte Murray's becoming oh like I think he's one of the best players in the league but because he plays for the Spurs it's very quiet on that front two he's just going to be a regular season player dominating when it comes to playoffs though he gets locked down not because he can't do his things because you're saying that he plays within his means the good teams that scheme against him and really really coach against him because that's all you're doing is you're coaching against one side shuts him down or three this run continues. He wins the championship and people actually start reconsidering, is he one of the top five players in the league? Yeah. They're the so, three options. So I, I'm actually going with three because with your number two, so I don't, I don't know if they can win the championship, but I'm going with number three purely on, I think he takes this in. He's actually proven this season that he's now able to handle He's able to handle the pressure. He's able to handle teams coming after him and trying to get the ball out of his hands. And he can still, he still gets up his twenty-five points and and provides for the team really well and gets other guys into the yeah. game. Whereas at the Spurs, at the Spurs, at Toronto, um, Toronto was a bit different because I think he was still he was still finding out who he was and everything like that. At at the Spurs, he felt like he needed to do everything and he probably took on way too much than he should have. Um, and now well, he's he found, had to. Uh, yes, yes, he did have to. But, and it's actually helped. It, it helped him evolve his game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll give him credit yeah. for that. I, I do. I do agree. But the thing when he goes now, he's gone to Chicago. He's got other guys in Levine and and Lonzo, and um, you could even say Caruso, Vucevic. He's got guys that he knows he can trust to actually win the game. He he doesn't. He knows he doesn't have to. If the ball comes to him, he's going to win the game. If the ball doesn't come to him, yeah. he doesn't care. He trusts his guys, and that's the difference. Yeah. Where he, 
he can play that selfless basketball. So if the teams come after him, he's still he's still going to get his his shots off, but he's not going to. He doesn't have to take those silly shots that he was taking at Spurs some games. Yeah. Well, um, see, I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with two right now. I think you'll get found out in the playoffs because it's been a fun five months, and we all know playoffs go for ten. Uh, the season goes for ten months. Like it's a long season. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. I'm look. I I hope it's three because then he's the closest thing to Kobe. Yeah. In my eyes, because he has a short. He plays a post. He does mid range jump shots. He attacks a basket. He's the same size. He has a fluent shot like Kobe. Like, yep. I, like I hope so, but we'll wait and see because teams in the playoffs things get tighter. That's what made the Miami Heat run in the bubble so incredibly unique because fans aren't wailing, fans aren't loud, fans aren't booing you because that you're the team they have to hate because they're the ones that you're playing against. So yep. that's where Trey Young surprised the crap out of me. Because he was like, yeah, I'll be your villain. I'll, I'll hit my threes and go after it. So we'll see. Like, I'm hoping I'm hoping it's either a one or a three because that means that DeRozan train keeps pumping. And yep. he's a very good 2K player as well. I love him on 2K. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. I'm glad I get to finish on this one. Um, and the second coming of Larry Bird, soon to be, Josh oh, Giddy. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you did it. I genuinely, I, I'm sticking by that because I'm not saying he's going to be the absolute superstar or anything like that. Like, like you Larry know, Larry Bird, Bird was the Steph Curry of his generation. I, like he I was the one that made know, the threes. Josh Giddy is proving again and again, and it is it's getting a bit ridiculous how out of the Rookie of the Year um, chase he is with with the um, with the sheer volume of stuff that he does for his team and yeah but if you put if you put let's let's break it down like right now it's scotty barnes Evan Mobley, and franz wagner as a top three yeah giddy four you put those three players in hit the team that he's in that they dominate as well you got to put the situation See, or the I, scenario I, I don't around. i don't i don't agree with that because so wagner possibly um he he might be doing similar stuff to giddy Evan Mobley, I I think he needs somebody still um, getting him the ball. Josh, he Giddy, plays he plays a guard Mobley yeah, as well. Yeah, but I I don't think I don't think he would play it as well as what Giddy does. He's had his he had he's definitely had his fair share of turnovers and stuff, but he's still getting like he's still like I can guarantee if Mobley if Mobley still, was on that OKC team, man, he'll be averaging twenty eight and twelve because there's no other bigs in that team. He'll be the big. He'll be the one that's dominating. And look what he's doing as the backup behind Jared Allen. Yeah. But the, I agree. I, Barnes might be the only difference. But it's a good... Giddy's playing good. I'm not saying he's yeah. not. I'm just but saying like, he's playing in a lesser side. Where this is his the other role thing is... as well. But he, do, he does play very good defense. He's he's putting yes. up really good yes. numbers as well. He's. Um, I, I, just think, I just think he's too far out of the race. I'm not saying he should be winning it. But I think he's too far out of it. He should be. He should be right there with those guys. Is what I'm saying. He's had. He's had that many. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Triple doubles. No, no, no conference. Uh, conference um, Play, player, oh, player, player of the, the month and player of the yeah. weeks and all that sort of stuff. He's he's had that many of them. Like how can he's had? He'd, he'd probably have more than anyone else. 
Yeah, but he's in the West. In the yeah, West. In the West. <laughs> yeah. Where Mobley, Barnes and Ma- Wagner are on the East. Yeah. And Cade. Don't forget, Cade's playing yep. bloody good ball as well. If you had a redraft, they go one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. I don't know who... I, I would think Detroit will stay with Cade. Two, that might be Franz Wagner or Giddy. Yep. Three, Mobley. Four, Scotty Barnes. And five... Uh, but Suggs is coming to the party as well for yeah. Atlanta now. Like this rookie draft class, mate. I'm oh, telling you, it's going to be top notch in a few years. I told, if, I if did say it'll be healthy. better than 2003 draft. I, yeah. I called it. Like it's, it's I've, um, starting to look very good, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I just I, I wanted to bring up Giddy. Like he's he's just broken another record with the um, uh, with the triple double uh, of the like he's he's got the top three youngest or something something ridiculous like that. Anyway, so. Um, he's just he's just doing it over and over again as well, and um, I mean I think that's where the Australians are laying their hopes for the future as well. In Giddy, yeah. So, well, uh, imagine if Ben Simmons comes back out, plays for Brooklyn, starts dominating. Our yeah. Olympic squad, our two guards are seven foot, yeah. <laughs> or close to seven foot. If, Giddy if and they Simmons can get him to play. <laughs> yeah, but um, on a on a serious note, and it's completely unrelated to sport. But um, I'm just going to do a quick thing here, Ash. Um, if you have heard anything about Samuel um, Thompson, please contact the Narrowarren Police or any Victorian police. He's been missing for a week now, and I know his family are devastated. There was something on Channel 7 and 9 News tonight. Um, his little brother plays in my footy team. So um, my thoughts and prayers are with him, and I hope he gets back home safely. And I know David's out there looking for him on the campsites. Um, looking for him, and I could only imagine what it would be to feel like to lose your kid and not hear from him for nearly nine days now. So I just put that out there. So if anyone's hit, heard of him, please con- or seen him, please. Uh, um, and our Facebook and Instagram page will share it very very soon. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Um, good good shout out. I think that hopefully hopefully we can find him anyway. Yeah. And um. Let's let's wrap it up there for the day. Finish on a bit of a bit of a down, but that's okay. Uh, it's for a good cause, so <laughs> that's a, let, let's let's hope we uh, let's hope they can find him and, and have some good news. Um, but obviously, um, just just the usual um, like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Um, keep keep sending your messages through. Um, hopefully, we we might um, do that in a couple of weeks. We're going to have a week off next week. Um, yep. I'm going away, so I'm going to have Lucky. that week off. Uh, and yeah, I think yeah, great. It was a great trade deadline, so I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. Actually, one of the best happy. ones, eh? Yeah, it was. It was quality. So um, yeah, I, I really think some of the moves might be a bit underrated by by come the end of the season, and um, they might might help some teams out. Yep. Now I. I'm waiting for these buyouts. This is where yeah. it's going to be get interesting. Yep, it could, but, be a, could be a few shock ones. So and then yes. a, few, a few teams could uh, luck out, like the Lakers or something like that. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> NBA is better with the Lakers winning. I'm just saying that. Yeah, definitely not. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to the Football World Podcast, and uh, we'll see you see you in a couple of weeks.